Um, but ladies and gentlemen, our guest today needs little introduction, but it is our absolute pleasure to introduce you to the incredible Lindsay Metzelar, uh, the creative force behind the immensely popular We Met at Acme podcast, her genuine passion for helping others navigate the often perplexing path of love is nothing short of inspiring. With her innate ability to dive deep into the complexities of modern dating, relationships, and the ever-shifting landscape of love, Lindsay emerged as and has stayed a guiding light in the dating realm. As a married woman, soon-to-be mom, and all-around remarkable individual, we are thrilled to dive into her wealth of knowledge today. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That was so sweet. That was like the nicest introduction yeah, I've ever so gotten. Hannah, Hannah writes them, but can't speak them. I don't can't know why. Speak. That's from my heart. Just not. I love that. Very well. Thank you. You're welcome. Darling. Yeah. And like we said earlier, you are for me, like the, uh, the pinnacle of dating, especially being from New York, uh, you and Tinks, um, those are like my icons. Shout um, out to my girl Tink. Yeah. So being associated with you and having you here today is just Amazing. So we're really excited about it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Uh, so to start, for anybody that's been living under a rock, <laughs> can you explain kind of like the inspiration behind when you met at Acme and how it, how it all started? Yeah, of course. So when I turned 27, I was dumped on my birthday by a horrible dude. In New York. In New York. Okay. Yeah. A horrible guy, as you can imagine. Um and before that, I really thought that I was, by the way, thank you for the Diet Cokes. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm so happy. <laughs> they brought Diet Coke because they know it's my favorite. Um, and before that, I really thought that I was like this guru when it came to dating. I thought I knew so much. My friends always came to me for like texting advice and all that kind of stuff. And I always had a boyfriend. I was like a serial monogamist. And so for me to get dumped on my birthday, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I just didn't see this coming at all. It stings on another level. Question. It so stings on another level. At all. I really did. I mean, like in hindsight, it's always 2020. I could have seen it coming okay. if I really wanted to. And how long was the relationship? It, what, it was like four or five months. Like okay. it wasn't- I thought you were going to say years. No, no. Okay. It wasn't anything crazy. But just the fact that I had landed myself in that situation after really thinking that, you know, I got this, mm -hmm. I was like- I know nothing about dating and dating in New York sucks. And I'm about to have to like start from square one. I would love to talk about this because I feel like this isn't a conversation that people have. And this was six years ago now. There were really no dating podcasts no. at the time. It was like crime podcasts and serial was really big, if you remember it, and like news podcasts. But I I didn't have anything that I needed to listen to when it came to dating. Like I needed a dating a podcast. A source of inspiration. Right. Advice, yeah. Or just like to commiserate. And so I started recording. I recorded with a friend. The first episode is so, so bad. Don't ever listen to it. <laughs> and this is six years ago. This is six years ago. Wow. And um, we just were talking shit about dating. We were talking, naming names of the people we were dating at the time. That's how much we didn't think anyone was going to listen to it. Wow. And we ended up airing it, like putting it out there. And people actually listened. It was shocking. On where? On, so we did it, like, this was so bootleg. I, <laughs> I uploaded it to SoundCloud. At the time I was the able- of SoundCloud. Yeah, <laughs> like at the time I was able to take like an RSS feed from SoundCloud, okay. which I still don't really understand any of the meanings of these things today. <laughs> and I uploaded it, like I submitted it to iTunes the podcast app and I used one of those, like, what are those, um, like Shutterstock photos, you know? It's crazy. This Love is only it. six years ago. Yeah. And like, if you bring up YouTube or Spotify and po even podcasting, it was like not a thing. Totally. And like now everybody has a podcast. Like we have yeah, a podcast. Yeah, of course. You're one of the pioneers, but it's crazy. Like that's just six years ago. Mm. I know. It's insane. I, I, it's crazy. And um, and that's that's the origin story, essentially. How'd you come up with the name? I was going out a lot in the city at the time and Acme was like a hot spot. It still is, but it's a little younger now than I am. And, um, I was meeting guys at Acme all the time. Like the only contenders Acme's late night. Oh yeah. And the only contenders I would really meet were at Acme. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, you know, we met sounds like dating and like at Acme, the spot that, you know, has been forever in existence in New York. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. We met at Acme. It just sounded like, I don't know, it rolled off the tongue. It and then, does. And then when I said it out loud, you know when like you feel weird, you're like, oh, this is, this is it. 
you know? You just, it settles in your body and your mind. You're like, I know it. It's like a light mm-hmm. goes up in your head. So now did sense. you meet your current husband in acting? No, I didn't. But That's we what I did. That would have been amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, I wish I could go back in time and meet him in Acme. But um, I did, we did have our second, like our kind of like in between, you know, when you're dating um, and- you like kind of meet up one night out, but it's like, you're still in the stages of like going on dates. Like we had one of those meetup outs at Acme one night, but no, we didn't meet at Acme, but I had met people at Acme, okay. but no one like obsessed. I still feel like it kind of fits into that genre. Like if it's on like first or second dates, you can still say, well, like we, we met on the second date at Acme. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, New York's like a wild place because I would normally say meeting somebody at Acme who's going to be your husband is like the wrong place. Yeah. New York, it's just like- Everywhere and anywhere, you're going to meet somebody. Exactly. So many people have met like at clubs or, you know, places where they should be home sleeping. How did did you guys meet? We met on Hinge. Really? What was the opening line? So this is still up for debate, but I think we're kind of agreeing on it now that she liked me. And I looked at her profile and I was like, oh, wow. Like, you it's know. still up for debate because um, I still a couple of memory doesn't go back you know, obvi- <laughs> Obviously dating profiles, it's just all pictures. So I was like, oh, wow, she's really beautiful. And I had a female roommate at the time. And I was like, do we think she's real? And my roommate <laughs> was like, no, she's not really. You're like, you're an idiot. You're and I was like, all right. <sighs> so then um, while, while I was on Hinge, I was in the process of making first rounds on me. So I kind of used Hinge the way I used, well, I wanted to make first rounds on me in the sense that, I really like to get on a date right away. So like, I would only talk to you if I knew we were going to go on a date. Mm. So she liked me and I said, listen, I, I really want to get off this platform. I don't really like chatting on here. And she was like, yeah, me too. And I was like, all right, when can I take you out? And she said tonight or Wednesday. And I said, okay, I'll see you tonight. I was trying to test your spontaneity. I was like, all right, if you really, you seem like a sponta- like spontaneous guy, but like how spontaneous are you? Do you mm-hmm. want to meet in four hours or do you want to meet in four days? Right. And yeah. And, and like, that's how I was. So I said, okay, I'll see you tonight. And she said she was a vegan. And I was like, oh, I don't even know what that was at the time. And I was Not like, okay. Vegan anymore, don't worry. Um, so I Googled a vegan spot. I said, like, right, I'll meet you here at eight o'clock. She said, great. And I was really excited, but I was also like, wow, the process and the way I thought dating should work seems to be working in front of my eyes. And then we met and she was real. <laughs> um, and then we just had so much to talk about because we didn't spend a lot of time on the app and like our energy really matched. And I was like, oh, this is, this is perfect and we were really like an accidental proof of concept you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. From, the, from the moment that we matched the moment we went out there was about four, that was about four hours and as you said it's just like the ability the amount of times I was on those apps and I'd be talking to somebody and they'd be like so we should go and we should right. have a drink and I'm like okay so when waste. yeah like stop wasting my fucking time I don't uh-huh. have time to be able to waste nobody does anymore no especially when it comes to dating especially because there's so many options out right there. so I felt I was already very intrigued by the fact that he's like, when can I take you out? I was like, that he's got that there. Uh-huh. Wait, I have to ask, when are your, when are your birthdays? 13th of December and 1st of You're May. a Sag yeah. and a Taurus. Yeah. Oh, that Why? happens a lot. Yeah. Is that good or bad? It's really good. Yeah. Like, it is. Uh, so many of my friends who are married are, are the woman is a Sag and the guy is a Taurus. I've actually seen the reverse too, but. Yeah. I feel like we really balance each other out in a lot of ways. Wait, like, do you have the same birthday as Taylor Swift? I do. Oh my God. And I'm God. a big Swifty. I'm a huge and Swifty. And he's a huge Swifty. Okay, that's- like, I love her. That's like fate. I know, <laughs> seriously, right? Mm-hmm. I know when I found that, I was like, I'm going to take that as a point of pride. I like, actually see, I see similarities between you and Taylor, for really? sure. Yeah. Not like, I mean, just <laughs> like from what I've gathered so far about mm. your personality. I really appreciate that. Yeah. That's, I take that as a high compliment. <laughs> How did yeah. you meet your husband? So we actually like kind of ran in a similar, like very broad circle. Yeah, that's the best. It's the best, but we didn't know each other. So he, well, we knew of each other. He went to high school with one of my best friends from college. Ooh. And so I had like known of him to be truthful. She had a huge crush on him. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I just never like thought about him like that, you know. Because you're a good friend. Yeah. Because I'm a good friend. And like when we did meet in person, I was 20, we were 25. I had a boyfriend, you know, he was just coming out of a relationship. It was at like a mutual friend's birthday. I don't even remember meeting him. He just tells me that (laughs) we met that night. And then we ran into each other three years later. Um, I'm like so bad at math. Was it three? It was three years later when we were 29 um, on New Year's Eve in Miami at this party 
you know Soho House? Like We were it, just at Soho. Yeah, it was like a Soho beach house yeah, Miami yeah, party. Nice. It's a really fun New Year's party. I have to say for anyone listening, like it's a reason to join Soho House in itself is to go to that party <laughs> in Miami on New Year's. I always met someone there or like had an interesting experience there. And so I ran into Steven that night and he was like, oh, hey, like Steven, remember me? And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, and I still was in a relationship with someone else. But that relationship had like passed the expiration date. So after running into Steven and like, you know, having also known that I was planning to break up with that person anyway, with love, like no bad blood, just like wasn't the perfect match. Exactly. And um, so I ended up breaking up with that partner of mine at the time. And then weeks later, I was like, let me text that guy, Steven, you know, there was something there. And How was the conversation at Soho House? Was it, was it you being respectful at your relationship? Were you like, I'm out of this? Oh no, only bit. respectful. Okay. I truly like, and it's funny because there was like some rumor flying around that I was like cheating or like in a relationship when Steven and I started dating. I was, I'm so loyal. Like I, yes, I'm a huge flirt. Like I'm a Libra, <laughs> but I am so loyal. Like I would never do that. And so that night, however, I was standing next to my partner at the time and when Steven was having the conversation. So there was no shady business. Yeah. Like it was, we were all talking together. Um, I would say that Steven was uncharacteristically drunk and saying like, <laughs> and saying some things that, um, that he denied saying later on for was sure. Was there like an immediate spark? Did you really, do you feel something within you? Or was it because of like keeping that loyalty and because your partner was there, you didn't really allow yourself to feel I it? think like, if I'm being honest, I think that like there was, you know, I was in such a friendship relationship at the time. Mm. And like, he would say the same thing. And we, we just like really were staying together because we really just loved each other as friends. Mm -hmm. And so like when Steven kind of came over and started talking, like, I was like, oh my God, like I haven't like felt anything other than like friendship in a while. And so like, this is just like a reminder that there's people out there. Um, and, and it was just like, it was like reigniting my like flame for, a romantic relationship. A romantic connection. Mm. But so then, yeah. So then you guys started dating at like 30 or 29? No, we still 29. I mean, we were, that was, you know, in, it was, that was right before 2020. So that's, well, we, wow, we, we met, met during 2020. 2020. Yeah. yeah. During pandemic love. Really? Yeah. Well, that's another reason why you met up so quickly. Cause like, what are you going to do? Talk about the COVID for for Which many hour? people on dating apps wanted to. Right, but exactly. Exactly right. Was it, was, yeah. it, was, it was like a good thing and a bad thing. Because like mm -hmm. you said, like we, we met up and we had nothing else to do. Right. But once we were like hooking up and dating, because there was nothing else to do, we were on top of each other. Right. And, you know, in a normal relationship, you kind of have a few months till you like know each other really and start fighting. Totally. And we were like in the thick of it going stir crazy and- uh, the fact that we got through that. Right. It I'm would like, have gone one of two ways. Yeah, exactly. I think it could, yeah, it could push you apart to bring you together. And even though, and like, I'm sure in some ways in the very like infant stages of it, it did kind of push us away a little bit. We, we learned what we wanted and how we wanted it to be done. So mm -hmm. it was always beneficial. But I, we, were, we were talking to Alana yesterday about like the ideal age of, you know, who, when you should start getting serious and like living in New York. And it's funny that at 29, you kind of took that path as well, because I was saying living in the city when I was like 26, 27, 28, it was so difficult just because like New York is, it's so fun and it's like a big playground and not that you want to be single, but it's hard to not be single unless it's something that really pulls you away from that. But then as you get closer to like 29 and 30, you're kind of over it and you're like, okay, I, I mean, I was like, I want to settle down because this is like just draining now. But did you have that or because of you in a relationship before that as well? Yeah, I... It's funny when I turned 25, I was like, I need to date for marriage, which is so crazy. Cause now I look back and I'm like, that was so like infantile. Like I was a <laughs> child then, but I remember I turned 25 and I like looked at the guy I was dating at the time. And I was like, I have to make this work. Like I can't go back out there. Like I'm 25. And that's so old. <laughs> that's so delusional now. But, um, 
I think after getting out of that relationship, I was like, oh, wait, like I'm, I'm young. And, um, I think even when I got out of a relationship at 29, I didn't feel like my time had passed because I live here. And it's funny. Like, do you know the show Broad City? I love that show. It's so good. So much. It's Me and my so best friend good. watch it and just like piss ourselves off. It's so funny. And the main character's name is Alana as well. And she was talking to the person she was dating. I'm forgetting the character's names, but he was like, you know, I was thinking we would get married. And she's like, are you kidding? She's like, I'm 27. I, I'm not going to be a child bride. <laughs> and like, it's just so funny because that's, that's, what we look at, like when I see a 27 year old get married in New York city, I'm like, Oh my God. It's wild. Why? Like you're so young. Yeah. For generations before us, that's old. Well, I think and exactly. so it's like mixing, it's trying to, to tread that line of like what we've learned from our, like our parents and our grandparents, but then what we deal with in society nowadays. I think it's the big city. That's why I love living in New York because if you go back home, 27 is still pretty normal to, to get married in New York. It's a child. But that's why I love living in New York because no one felt pressure about age. Everybody was like truly themselves. And, you know, you could be 35 single in New York and no one's going to be like, that's weird that you're 35 single in New York. It's like, no, I'm just in New York. And there's people from all walks of life, all ages. And same thing with LA. Like, I just love people who are from all over the place. And it's just kind of like a safe zone to just yeah, be who you are. Yeah, metropolis totally. innately kind of allow you to not, to not have to operate within the confined box, but where I'm from in Brisbane, like small little town, very, very common. All of the people that I went to high school with had like two and a half kids at 25 and they were married or they're onto their second marriage. And I could never fathom it because I'd always lived in bigger cities. I'd always traveled around the world, but it just shows you, it's just really about what you surround yourself with. That. And also I feel like in places like New York and LA, less LA, but more New York, it's just like people are building their businesses, people are building their careers. Like people want to feel like they have accomplished X, Y, and Z before, you know, getting into that relationship. And sometimes, yeah, it could be an excuse when you don't really like the person, but for the most part, like people need that. I feel like especially guys like need that feeling of like, I'm at least doing what I love or on the path to what I love before, um, you know, I'm rushing to settle down. I said the same thing yesterday as well. Yeah. And I don't know if it made sense because I kind of contradicted myself. <laughs> and I was telling her, I was like, I think I contradicted myself big time on that. But um, to that point, if you take a 27-year-old guy and a 27-year-old woman in New York, I feel like that 27-year-old guy, he's not as mature as a 27-year-old woman. And he needs to validate himself and get where he needs to be in a career-wise to be his true self in a relationship. And I feel like yeah, guys are like, okay, let me get to where I need to get in my career, have enough money to where I'm not only attractive, but comfortable enough to be my true self in a relationship. Because I feel like women know what they want sooner or mature sooner. And yeah, that's just how I felt dating in New York. Definitely. 100% agree with that. All right. I want to go back to your podcast just for a little bit, because I'm so (laughs) interested about this. I was like going through a lot of your episodes. What do you think, like what topic have you found the most interesting as you've gone along out of all of the topics that you've talked about? Mm, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, honestly, I think, I think it comes back to like, you know, I, on my podcast, I talk about dating rules a lot mm. and I find it to be interesting what people will follow and will not follow when it comes to rules of dating. Um, and I feel like, it's starting to unanimously become n- n- everyone agrees no sex on the first date. Like everyone seems Every, to if you agree. Wanna, if you want to be taken seriously, then no, like not even that, not even that. Forget that because there's always that person that's like, but I had sex on the first date and we're married and we're so happy. Like it's more just like it ruins it for the, like the excitement is dead. Like there's no buildup and tension and like, you know, it's way hotter to like build that. Oh yeah. This, this then, is, so this is a great, that's fascinating that that's the question because this is great because we always talk about that. And I want to hear your perspective on it because she did not sleep with me on the first date and it did build up two things. It built up the excitement, but it also made me think logically, like if she did sleep with me on the first date, I don't know if she does this on the norm and I don't feel as special, hmm. but 
the fact that she didn't, and I knew that we really liked each other, I was like, oh, I'm really, really intrigued here for both reasons. But you, you had a, um, a unique perspective on that. I always said that if I, if I didn't see it going anywhere and I was horny, then I'd sleep exactly. the day. Exactly. But if I saw something about to, like, if I really felt a connection, I knew that I didn't want to sleep with them on the first date just purely because it wasn't like, it, as you said, the build up to it so beautifully. It wasn't purely about the physical connection. There were so many different other facets of it. So that was always my. But opinion. I love that mindset because that is a win win for you. Meaning, like, if you're like, I don't feel a connection with him, I'm going to sleep with him on the first date. I just, like, you know, want to have a good time then he would still probably be obsessed with you because <laughs> you're like, I don't care. Yeah. You know? So and you're not giving off that it's energy. It's truly a win-win. <laughs> if, if a woman goes into it and she's like, I need to sleep with him on the first date because what if he loses interest in me if I don't? That is the worst thing you could possibly think. You can feel that as a yeah. human being. You can really feel and that I agree as a man. Change. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously men are stupid when it comes to like <laughs> figuring it out and, and sex. But yeah, I feel like if you sleep with me on the first date, I, there's just too many unknowns. And if you don't, if, if I like you, I'm going to go out with you again. So like you, you, you guys are saying, you know that there's some intrigue right, there. For right. There's two. no losing by not sleeping with them on the first date. And could he still not text you if you don't sleep with him on the first date? Of course. Yeah. And then you know that it's really not a connection. And you'd be glad that you didn't sleep with him. Exactly. Because it's not a real connection. Exactly. I, said, I always felt like it was a win-win situation. I was like, Either or I get mine. So yeah. I'm good to go. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Um, is there anything in like going forward with Wim at Acme? Do, is there anything that you've been wanting to talk about or that you're excited to talk about in the future? You know, I definitely will have to like get into the subject of relationships post babies at some mm -hmm. point because I'm not there yet. And I know that that's like a whole topic that 100%. people um, – have experienced and like I have a friend now who has like a six month old and her and her partner the last time that they had sex was when they conceived this baby I always tell Wait, the baby's that. born what the baby was born Nick? yeah 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 oh lord but well, like in and that's like like I don't want to say that's normal because that wouldn't be normal maybe for me but who's to say yeah. um and she like, you know, she's struggling with it and she wishes that people talked about that kind of stuff. And um, so I definitely want to talk about that, but it's, it's tough because you want to stay like plugged into the people who are still dating. And I would say half my audience is single and half of them are in the same boat as me where like they're either married or pregnant or just had kids. And so I definitely want to like keep kind of balancing the line of, of making both groups feel heard. That kind of answered my next question. Cause I was, uh, was so curious as I was doing research on you and then writing these questions, both you and Joe, uh, committed relationships. You're about to have a baby. Congratulations, <laughs> darling. Thank you. Um, and, but yet you, you appeal to a whole bunch of single people. Like, how do you, how do you find that balance? Like, how do you kind of figure to yourself, both of you, I suppose. At the well, same time? I guess for you, it's like, how do you and Stephen communicate that and yeah how do you personally go about doing it yeah well for me it's like whenever someone's like you can't give dating advice anymore you're married and it's like don't you want dating advice from someone who's married that's what we who said. reached the ultimate goal right what like like what after? is your goal if it's not to get married that's fine but if it is to get married I imagine you know part of that is like that's why you're listening to my podcast and like that's, if that's your goal, hi, here I am. Like, you know, it's like what you, you shouldn't have a mentor that doesn't have what you want. The blind leading that, the blind. Yeah. I think totally. that, that's, I mean, not to say that uh, I'm only glad I'm with Hannah because of the company or the app, but it does make it seem like, okay, I'm not this single guy who's just giving, uh, cause I don't give dating advice, but I'm not talking about yeah. dating you know, just being like a douchebag, like, no, I'm in a committed, loving married relationship and it worked. So like totally. the way I approach dating as a guy clearly worked. It's legitimized. Right. I mean, I would respect a married man's dating app way more than a single guy who's like 
perpetually like using his own app yeah. to try to meet girls because you see that a lot in dating apps oh yeah I'm sure and I think we've had many conversations about the fact that like it would it would come off very skeezy mm-hmm. if it were like you were just like this young hot bloody CEO of a, a dating app going out there and going to all of these events and being like yeah I'm single because it just could cross the boundaries a lot yeah I mean people just don't know who you really are because you know, obviously I like to think if I was single or not, I'm still, still the same genuine guy, mm-hmm. but the way you're perceived by other people is is different. Yeah. Totally. But now yeah. how does Steven handle it with you? He like, just how does he handle like which part of it? Because, because he's like, not, you know, not like you guys, like he's not, he's not as involved. He doesn't. What well, does he do? He, ha- he works in healthcare. Oh, so, so different. Yeah. Well, I guess in the sense of like, how do I put this? Me, I have to yeah. deal with, with women a lot. Right. Right. Like it's easier to deal with like someone like you or Alana because you're yeah, yeah, yeah. married, she's engaged. Right. Like, you know, it's easier. Yeah. But there's a lot of single women who have dating podcasts. Sure, like, sure. Obviously I'm communicating with them. I'm working right, with them. Right, right. I see what you're So saying. like in the beginning, it was tough for us because, you know, it was new and she's like, you're, you're, you're talking to all these women who are single and like talking about dating. And now it's way better because like our communication is so yeah, great. Yeah, of course. Um, but it took time to get there. Yeah, so like, Does yeah, he have yeah, any issues or? No? Um, it's funny. Like there, there was one guest I had on in particular who was like a cute single guy, and um, we we were DMing like leading up to the the thing, and he would look over and he'd be like, "I can't believe so and so is in your DMs right now. Like you are literally DMing with a guy that you've told me that you think is so hot so many times. He's like, like you're all of so buttons. <laughs> literally. He's like, you're so lucky that like I am so like confident in our relationship. Like, and and that's really what it comes down to. Like, I he just he's just not he's not worried and he has no reason to be worried no. and I have I'm never shady or hiding anything um you know every now and then like I'll make a joke and be like oh should I just dm so and so but now does it work the opposite way um meaning what like, him in what healthcare like if he was, <laughs> if there was like this really beautiful doctor yeah, and he was oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm just talking to so-and-so about work. Mm-hmm. Would you give him the benefit of the doubt as well? You know, it's funny <laughs> because I like not to get to, you know, TMI, but that. I have like a little bit of a kink about that stuff. Okay. Like I think it's, if anything, I'm like attracted to when he talks to a hot doctor, Okay, you know, so. <laughs> you spent a million more times interesting. In my- <laughs> <laughs> so it wouldn't, um, it certainly wouldn't piss me off. Okay. Um, That's so interesting. But cool, if right? there was something shady, like if he, if he was, you know, with hiding communications with some sort of doctor or whatever, if he was like talking to his uh, employee all the time. And I realized that she looked like a model and, you know, they were talking off work, work hours and tech, like, of course that would yeah. be sketchy, but, um, but no, I really, I trust him so much. And I feel really lucky that we have such a strong foundation that both ways it would, it would really be fine. That's awesome. But like, I, of course I, you know, you never know. Yeah, like for us, it took us like like she said before we were together. She had a lot of trust issues with like mm-hmm. guys who always cheated I got on her. Cheated on him basically every relationship. So yeah. I was always like when we got together, I was like, even though I love you, like I don't know if I completely trust you at the moment because it's like I've just I've had a track record of men just being absolute assholes. Mm. So you kind of got to prove to me that you're not in a lot of different ways before I completely give you that wholehearted trust. You're really like you're doing the whole Taylor Swift thing. Oh mate, <laughs> We've not, the more you talk about, it, the more I'm like, we are incredibly similar. Uh-huh. You could sing too. Yeah, not as, good, not as well as her. Can't sell out stadiums like that. But yeah, it's funny because like me, I never really, I don't, I'm, I'm confident enough in our relationship, and I've always just like not care. Like if you, if you're with me, that's great. You're with me, mm-hmm. unless there's like an absolute reason I have to be suspicious. Mm. Because she's dated like athletes and like actors, and I'm like, oh, like you should reach out to so and so and get him on the podcast. She's like, but I slept with him. I'm like, oh, I don't care, but it'll be good to have him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's amazing. Uh, but that, I mean, that's just like, that is, it's just that open line of communication and being exactly. a partner, isn't it? Exactly. Did you guys have that from the absolute get-go? Like you two, the, like very similar in that way? I think so. Yeah. I would say like on our first date, we actually talked about 
our exes in depth and kind of like, cause I had come out of that relationship that he had seen me in and I don't shy away from those conversations on the first date. And I am such an open book with my podcast. Like he could have just listened to it and found out all, all this information. Uh, but I felt like I wanted to even the playing field. I wanted to learn about him. And so I feel like we established that early on, like we got deep, deeper quickly. And, um, and I, I'm just such a direct person, especially in my relationships. And he wasn't actually before me. Like he was very much, oh, we don't need to talk about everything. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, men. oh, we do. We're going to talk about yeah. everything. I don't need to know your body count. I mean, unless like you want to tell me, <laughs> but, but no, we're going to talk about everything. Yeah. For sure. I think it's so much better to lay it out on the table. Like we were, we were talking about this with Alana yesterday, but we, we were like, it was a third or fourth date and I hate to like generalize, but being a typical male, he started like, he started to have very strong feelings and he started to pull away and I could feel it. And so he came over and I sat him down and said, what, what the fuck's the problem? What's going on? Why are you doing this? And what, what are you feeling? He's like, oh, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm like, do you actually feel that way? Or are you just scared? You're feeling a bit vulnerable right now. And it's like, it's an uncomfortable feeling for you. And then I just kind of laid everything out on the table. I was like, listen, I like you. I got feel, I can feel myself developing strong feelings here, but I'm not walking down this path. If there's going to be, I'm going to be yanked back and forth. Um, old enough and ugly enough to like not, not want to fucking deal with this shit for the rest of my life. And I think putting him on the spot and probably Stephen the same of being like, no, no, we're going to talk about this. We're going to have an open line of communication. Is it there a sink or swim moment? Well, I would say uh, there's only one woman that a guy will do that for and it will probably be his wife. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because we, like, we don't want to talk about things that we don't want to talk about unless it's one of you two as our wives. Right. Like, this is it, buddy boy. And it's like, right. And that's why I pulled away. I was like, oh man, this might be it. I'm scared. I want to yeah. be single. I want to have fun. <laughs> uh, but if we do have that conversation, I guess that's my advice to any woman. If a guy is willing to lay it all out there with you, it's a good chance he really, really likes you. It's yeah, really for sure. I also think that there are some guys that need that conversation more than others. Like, I think that you guys are matched so well. And I think like not to get too into astrology, but all of my friends in the similar situation, like the girl with the Taurus guy had to be like, all right, come on, like, let's go. We're stubborn. That's yeah, Taurus very guy. stubborn <laughs> and not just not as like open about feelings, no. at least early on. You yeah. Know? And I mean, not to generalize all men, but me, our emotional intelligence is nowhere near women's. So when I first met her, I knew nothing about women. I knew nothing about emotion. And it was an eye shocking, eye opening. And now I'm like so in tune with it where it's like, if something's bothering me or something's happening, I'm not, I used to be like, not my problem, deal with it. You know, you're just drama. Now it's like, let's figure it out because I care and love about you. And there's layers to everything. And you opened me up to that. So it's like just growth. You're welcome. It's really, it's really cute. All right. So like jumping in, did you, before meeting Stephen, did you use dating apps? I did. I met my, the, the person I dated before Stephen on Hinge actually. Hinge. Always coming into play. I love Hinge. We're very big advocates. I feel like yeah. we always talk about the fact that there's a, there's room for every dating app on the market. Truly. Totally. There's so many niche ones. There's the big juggernauts like, like Hinge. What were your like peeves about dating apps? You know, I, I will and you don't say, have to be biased or say the appropriate thing for our podcast. <laughs> you could rip fresh rounds on me. You could be on, like, we don't care. <laughs> well, I wish I had, I had used it um, when I was single, but I, you know, I wasn't a big Bumble fan because I don't like to initiate unless like it's my choice to initiate, but I don't like to only be able to, be yeah, I don't want to be forced. Um, I was into Hinge. I, you know, the one thing that I know for sure is that I'm good at banter. Like, so I had fun with dating apps. I had so much fun with dating apps <laughs> and Hinge was great for that. And so I had prompts that were, you know, always funny and joking. And it would lead me to having these really lighthearted, funny conversations like upfront. And I always tell people, cause I do dating app consultations with with people. Um, and I always tell them, you know, the more lighthearted your profile is and, and funny, the better, like the worst thing you can say is like, I'm looking for a guy who's funny, but you have nothing funny on your profile. Like that's the worst. And so just, <laughs> you know, leaning into that. Um, 
And I didn't really dislike dating apps. What I disliked was having to be like, we met on Hinge. Mm. I don't know why. The stigma's still around it. I just Isn't like- so bizarre? That, so bizarre. Like, even though they're so, I mean, even more so nowadays, so bloody prevalent. Like, yeah. I started one. You know what I mean? They're, they're everywhere, but yet there is still this stigma of, I don't want to, I still want that beautiful romanticized version. Of I think like, it's fading away though. I think it is in minutely, but I think, in, especially in a lot of women, I think men, again, generalizing, but like, I think a lot of women still feel that way because it's this, this fairy tale thing that we're taught as we, we grow of like, this is how you should meet your partner. It should be this like magical, spontaneous moment that you just like bump into each other walking down the street and then you fall in love. But that's the problem with like Hollywood movies. Right. It's the rom-com effect. And somebody needs to make a rom-com where they meet on a dating app. And then like it would be, (laughs) no, you should. Honestly, that's a really good idea. Because then it would just start to change the perception. But I agree with you. Even like, even when we first met, it wasn't, I definitely didn't feel it so heavily, but there were parts of me when people were like, when we first started dating, people were like, where'd you meet? And I was like, Hinge? <laughs> I forget. Kind of. <laughs> and I think when you meet the right person, you, like you just forget. Like I was saying yesterday, I forget that she, she's beautiful because like, it's just like way deeper than that now. I forget mm-hmm. how we met. I forget, you know, a lot of things because our connection is the strongest thing. And if you meet the right person, I don't think it matters at all. How could you forget that she's beautiful? I, I always, <laughs> it's so funny. Whenever, whenever we're, Pretty much at Soho House, there's so many Australians. So I was just like, oh, you're Australian. And then I'm like, why do I always get excited for an Australian? My wife is Australian. And <laughs> yeah. I forget all the time. Yeah, that's <laughs> really so funny. You sit there and stare at somebody all the time. Like we'll be lying in bed and he's like, God, you're so beautiful. I was like, you just realize this? Like what's going on? Uh-huh. It's like, I kind of just did. Like it just comes back into the mind. That's so cute. But it's also beautiful for me to be able to yeah. hear that. So it's but nice. I wanted to ask you that you brought up Bumble mm-hmm. because, you know, doing this for a couple of years now, talking to a lot of women and like kind of, when I got my data to come up with this concept from what women wanted and from what I wanted, I saw like a shift where when Bumble came out, I was like, you know, this big feminist movement of like, like women, like women lead the conversation. And now it's more of like what you said. I hear a lot of women being like, yeah, it's good, but I don't want that to be the way that I start dating somebody. And they're like turned off by Bumble now and are moving towards, I wouldn't say more chivalry or old school situations, but just more of like, yeah, I want to be treated equal to you, but I still want you to kind of be a modern, an, an old school chivalrous kind of person and right. take the lead a little bit. Yeah. So like, how do you, like, do you feel that way about Bumble? No, I do. I mean, I will say like, and I, going back to my dating rules that I have, I always think a woman can initiate at first, but then the guy has to take it from there. I think the problem with Bumble is that so many of the guys who use it are so lazy. They will literally just swipe yes on every girl. I've seen my guy <laughs> friends do it just because they know that it's going to be an ego boost and the girl's going to say something. And sometimes they just really let her totally take the reins. And that's when I think it sucks. When like, if, if I were on Bumble and I, you know, sent a wave or whatever, and then they were like, hey, you know, I want to take you out, blah, blah, that'd be great. Right. But that just isn't always the case because I feel like you're, you have more like leaning towards more of like a lazy, you know, passive guy on Bumble sometimes. Yeah, forces, I agree with that. It forces a woman in a way. I was watching something recently where it's like, if a, if a man's not taking on a quote unquote masculine role, then we as women need to kind of take on that masculine role. And then we kind of lose a little bit of our femininity and the beautiful thing of, of that, like, masculinity and femininity kind of joining together. But if there is not that, like not sense of urgencies, but like. Sense of want. Sense of want. Sense of like, oh, you like, do you like me enough to be able to go out and plan a date? Like Mm -hmm. it's not all up to me. Women already do a lot. We don't need to go and plan a date. And like Lindsay said, men, lazy men, just mass swipe. The worst. And just hope for any validation. The worst. Yeah. So you mentioned this quote, we live in a generation of suppressing, not expressing, which I thought was so bloody profound. Like it's so true. What do you think this is? And how do you think it impacts like the dating landscape today? I think because it's cool to not care Mm. and that's like become even, it's even more prevalent with Gen Z, I would say than millennials. Like it's like whoever cares more loses. And I think, no, it definitely started with us, but, um, that's like, you know, it's cool to not care. And so let's just have a million, you know, situationships and have like a million friends with benefits and whatever, because neither of us will admit that the other has feelings and, and that's annoying. And so I think that's what we're working against. That's why 18 year olds today don't have relationships. Like when I was 18, by the time I was 18, I had had like 
two relationships already, like boyfriends. And that just doesn't, people don't define things because then it shows that they care about the other person and just, yeah. So no one really likes to express how they feel and also suppressing. I think when I had written that, I wrote it in terms of like talking about the hard conversations, Mm -hmm. like, you know, dating and sex and, and all the things that people are like, oh no, we don't need to talk about that. All incredibly surface level at the moment, like you said. And there's like this, I mean, playing card to get has been around for bloody millennia, but it's, I feel like it's really hit its stride within like this Gen Z or this new generation where it, like you said, people, it's cool not to care, which makes me really sad in a lot of different ways. I have a hot ways. take. It just came to my mind. Oh, what is it? What if, oh, no. what if like every person in their twenties had to be in a relationship like college where it's like, you're going to be in a relationship with this person for two years. You're going to learn everything about them. You're going to learn sex. You're going to learn emotional intelligence. You're going to learn communication. After the two years, you could say like, oh, you know, that was great. Not for me. Moving on. Or you keep it going. And it's like having that out at the two years where it's like, this is your two-year person. You're going to get through all the thick of it with them. And then from there, you're an evolved human. I think that's great. (laughs) That would be amazing. But... I don't know how we would do it. Yeah, I don't know how we do it. I feel like it like take the, people's free will away. Yeah, like yeah, the Hunger Games a little bit. Like you are paired with District 8. <laughs> so how do you think going forward, how do you think that the dating landscape is going to shift and evolve in the coming years, considering the fact that you are so knowledgeable about it all? I think that we're going to have, like I think the next generation is going to care again. I really have like this hope um, that they will. I, I just feel like we're getting more, emotional men or getting more in touch with our feelings. So I think that, you know, I'd hope that the next generation is one that really cares. I think also because it's like a generation that like we're raising. Mm -hmm. And so I like, I'm having a boy and I am so just, thank you. And I just like need him to be like the ultimate good guy who like does all the right things, you know, and I'd hope that other people who are in the same boat are doing the same thing. And so I think that, you know, it has to do with nature and nurture and all the things, but I'd hope that we're getting to a place where people can care again and show that. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that is really interesting and a very interesting perspective considering the fact that you're growing life inside of you and you're thinking <laughs> to yourself, how am I going to raise my son? How yeah. do I want him to to be in society in general, but how do I want him to be in the dating realm as well? Yeah. I think that's so cool too. Like when powerful women are having a boy, mm-hmm. it's like such a unique perspective because totally. it's like, you know, you're, you're strong woman. You're like, you have your own company and you have a boy and it's just like, he gets to see his mom be super powerful. Badass. His dad obviously is right. super powerful. Um, it's just unique. How do you handle it from a business standpoint? Because like, that's one thing I'm so fascinated about, like seeing women my age, you know, having their own business for six years. And then I'm sure over six years, you thought about family and kids. Now it's here. And is it every, is it easy? Is it extremely difficult? What's your advice for women who don't know whether to go down the business path or the family path? I mean, I don't think you have to choose. I think that's what's so cool. Mm. I think especially if you have been successful in business, you have the luxury of having like a village to raise your kid. And so you can hire help and you can hopefully keep, keep doing what you love. And I think a lot of women more today than ever are not fulfilled only from a family life and they, they love to work. And then there are some, like there are some women who are totally fulfilled by family life and want to give up work or never liked work. And that's fine too. But I think that, you know, for me, it was less the like emotional reasons why I wanted to have a child and more like, like what will be my legacy? You know, why am I working so hard? Why am I doing all this stuff for what? Um, And I feel like, yeah. I mean, I just, I just can't imagine not having someone to tell like, oh, like mommy did this and like, you should do this. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, the choice to not have kids is I totally respect it and understand it. Mm. Um, but for me, that was not ever an option. Like 
Ever. Yeah, I, and, and I feel the same. Obviously, like I'm sure a woman's more attached to having kids than a man, but I'd always think I wanted to have kids because I don't know why. I just always thought about what my life would look like when I'm 80 years old. And I was like, wait, if I want to be single my whole life, when I'm 80, who's going to be around me when I'm dying? Yeah. And, and that just gets really morbid. No, and again, that's just true. my personal preference because if you don't want to have kids, it's totally fine. But I was like, oh, I want to have like a big family and like create a legacy. Right. Um, but now how is it going? Like, how is it being I pregnant, mean, running a business? It's going well, but I feel like talk to me once the baby's here because yeah. that's when things really change. <laughs> yeah. Right now, like nothing has really changed other than I have less motivation at this very moment to like really, you know, do as much as I was doing before. Because you're growing up. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's exhausting. It's a lot. But, um, but nothing has really otherwise changed. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't know. I guess like I have to think more about like maternity leave and what to do post having a baby. But right now, nothing. I mean, I did, I made this like very silly. So I don't, I never wanted to be like a mommy blogger. And I just feel like that's such, gonna a, say, that's right up your alley. such a slippery slope. <laughs> and I don't want to change my content to only be about either being pregnant or having kids because that's not my identity. My identity is, you know, Lindsay Metzlar and an independent person. And, you know, I have this dating podcast mm -hmm. and yeah, sure. Like uh, uh, hopefully, you know, I'll be a mom soon, but that's not, my sole identity. Right. And so I created this Instagram, like for like the baby stuff that like is just like literally on the side. So it's like, if you want that identity, you can follow this little Instagram about babies and stuff, but it's not going to be, we met at Acme. Like that's just never, that's just not my vibe. Well, that's one facet of you. And that's another facet of you. Totally. Like you said, the people that are following you have the option to be able to indulge and ingest whichever side of them they want. I think that what you were talking about earlier in terms of like, you know, post baby sex relationships, I was talking to my sister-in-law last night she was, I was telling her about you. And she was like, I would, I very rarely hear anybody talk about sex during pregnancy, postpartum, all of these types of things. And she was like, I think it's fantastic that like that is like the train of thought because I feel, like I said, I think there's very few people out in the world that are doing that, yet there are so many women who are dealing with those exact thoughts or issues. So I think you're going to have a lot of guidance for them as they come. I hope so. You will. All right, we're going to go into rapid fire now. So it's just like- Love that. Short, quick answers. Oh, wait, before we do rapid oh. fire, I just want to ask you, have you ever been sponsored by We Met at Acme? Uh, Acme, sorry. Acme. <laughs> Acme. I'm like, that's like, so meta. With them? Um, I have worked with them before, yeah, okay. but not sponsoring the podcast because they don't need, you know, to sponsor a podcast, yeah. but I've thrown events there. Yeah, a few cool. times. Nice. Yeah. That makes sense. I, sh I had that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. If you could create one dating app feature that doesn't exist yet, what would it be and why? Ooh. Ooh. I know it's hard. Um... That's so hard. I know I'm really Wouldn't Erica say that one time? Uh, yeah, give me some inspo. Yeah, I asked Erica that, did I? I um, said something stupid about like your dating history, but she said. Oh, oh, I would bring back the mutual friends. Oh, Hinge yeah. Head, right? There you go. I like that. 100%. Yeah, because I feel like even Alana was saying yesterday, she's like, she found somebody and then she was like trying to go through, you know, all of her social media to see right. if there were mutual friends. Okay, I like that. Um, what's your favorite unconventional date idea that you think more people should try? Hmm. Something weird on a first date, like take me to an escape room or something. <gasps> Such a good idea. Look, escape rooms are amazing. I love them <laughs> so much. Um, if you could give yourself one piece of advice, your younger self, about dating relationships, what would it be? If you're confused, they're not interested. In your opinion, what's the most underrated quality or trait that people should prioritize when they're looking for a partner? Ooh. These um, are deep they don't there. take themselves too seriously. I like that a lot. Uh, what is your ultimate act of self-care or love? Hmm. This is just the Virgo in me, but like cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Makes you happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, what inspires you most creatively? Um, my followers and listeners. Love that. Um, dream podcast guest. I've always said this. It's, I don't know that it's changed. I, I mean, I, Howard Stern was like my number one for a while. I think Taylor Swift obviously would have to be. If, if you get Taylor Swift, dream. 
I, I would, would do, do anything. You have no idea. Watch. You have no idea how, how many times my dad's like, "Why don't you just get Taylor on?" Like, but I feel like she's she has to have come across you at some she's point. She's never done a podcast in her life. Really, but mm-hmm. I'm sure she has to know. She has come are. across me. I actually know that for a fact. Yeah, I'll tell I mean, you the story like, after. She's a big New Yorker and mm-hmm, you're a New York. Mm-hmm. Listen, first time for everything. She's going to do it. It has to be. Oh my God, I would do anything. <laughs> uh, best piece of advice you've ever received? Only take advice from someone who has what you want. Ooh. Favorite comfort food? Chicken fingers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one item on your bucket list? I want to go to Japan. Me too. I've so been. badly. So I can badly. Some uh, oh, two more. Jealous. Favorite hobby or pastime outside of work? Mm. Can't say cleaning again. Mm, I can't. I can't. <laughs> um, is tennis a hobby? Yeah. I like tennis. There you go. And one thing you're grateful for today? Mm. My safety. I love that. <laughs> wow. Not to be dark. And I have a question too. This is another thing because I had all these questions for you. So I consider you on my Mount Rushmore of dating advocates. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the right way to mm-hmm. say it. Sure. Who do you think are like, and My can, Mount Rushmore? Yeah, who's your Mount Rushmore? Yeah. So like you, it's like you and Tinks are like George Washington and Thomas <laughs> And then I don't know who the other two are yet. Uh, um, are yours? Mine, one is Esther Perel. Perel? I don't, I never know if it's Perel or Perel. Um, the Gottmans, like John Gottman. Mm. It's, they're amazing. Okay. Um, and I mean, I think she's still with us, Dr. Ruth. You probably don't. I don't know who any of these people are. She's like a 98 year old woman who was like the first dating person. I also love Dan Savage. He's been in the game for a while. We have a great episode with him. If you want to check it out, you guys should listen like together in on a drive because he talks about, um, he talks about like non-monogamous relationships, but in a way that makes it digestible. Okay. Like you're not going to be mad. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I think that's my Mount Rushmore. I'm trying to think if I forgot anyone, but. How was it working with Tinks? Oh, she's the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're good friends. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's awesome. We, uh, we have, oh, I was going to say, I really love Katie and Kyle as well. Uh, from. Oh, my team? Yeah, your team. Oh, yeah, they're, they're the best. So amazing. They're so uh, We actually live right next door to, uh, it's UTA, right? Yeah. We live right next door. Wait, you live in LA? Yeah, we live yeah, in Los like, Oh, I had no idea. Well, we're, we're, I'm from New York and now we're like back and we're forth We're trying to be bi-coastal. We're trying to move here next year, but it's just- You guys are very New York to me. <laughs> we're trying to come Such back. Such a compliment. <laughs> I do not want to be Los Angeles, but yeah. I mean, I've lived here for 12 years. Yeah. And then I was on my way out. I was packing uh-huh. up ready to go to Australia and then I met him and I was like, oh, can't yeah. go anywhere now. Yeah. But, but New York is definitely the, the dream home base. For sure. But yeah, Kyle and Katie are awesome. Um, but They're yeah, we, like Tinks' team, she's yeah. so hard. She's tough. To get in touch with. I'll, I'll put in a good word for sure. Uh, that'd be amazing. And we'll put in a good His word for Taylor Swift. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get me Taylor Swift, we we'll, have a deal. We'll do an exchange. <laughs> this has been so wonderful, honestly. Like so one of my great. favorite podcasts that we've ever done. Thank you so much. so easy to talk to. Yeah, and obviously Likewise. people know where to find you. We met at Acme. Yes, wherever you listen to podcasts, we met at Acme. Check it out. I'm going to listen to that. We're going to listen to that Dan Savage when I'm on the way home. It's awesome. Interesting. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you, guys.